Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood, along with Tepper, a grown man who has never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan, voted number one Bruce Willis lookalike. I'm Connor, and pink is at least my 15th favorite color. I'm Spencer, and I have what is considered an average number of limbs. I'm Jeff. I like dad jokes and puns. And I'm Tepper, and I really hope this movie doesn't have children or magical worlds that they enter to learn more about themselves. You might be in luck. This week, maybe we'll be watching The Fifth Element, directed by Luc Besson, released in 1997. Luc Besson began writing the script for this when he was 16. He based it on a story and world he had created to escape his lonely childhood, though it would not be released in theaters until he was 38. Connor brought us this movie. Why? Uh, one fun fact about myself is uh, Bruce Willis is my favorite genre of movie. Well, at least one of them. Uh, and this really was one of the movies that sparked that for me. Uh, and I've made sure ever since I started watching this movie to watch it at least once a year, every single year. I love this movie so much. Where is it on the scale of like Bruce Willis movies? Uh, like... Number one, probably. I'd have to put an, make an actual like chart and sit down and analyze them all. It's definitely near the top. Does anyone else have a personal connection to this film? I owned this film on VHS when I was a kid. Same. It was way too late to own anything on VHS when I got it. I think I've only seen it like once, though, and it was years ago. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat where I'm actually really looking forward to this rewatch because I want to pay attention to some of the more, like, since I know the plot, I, I want to see some of the more, like, sci-fi stuff. See how it holds up in my memory. Yeah, I saw this movie a couple times, though every single time would have been just on television, so I definitely would have missed pieces and then, like, the commercial breaks. But it's certainly a great experience from what I recall. So we are now showing Tepper the poster for this movie. Tepper, what's on this poster, and what do you think is going to happen? Uh, a race? <laughs> I, I should note this is a DVD or VHS uh, poster for the movie. There were a lot when I was looking up options. I came across about 15 different versions of this poster cover. Yeah, the bottom right says DVD, so I'm going to assume it's a DVD version. Um, okay. What's going on? Bruce Willis is a taxi driver getting chased by the police. Uh, the movie. Yes, the movie. Um, yeah, really, so, like, I know, like, a few minor things about Fifth Element. Mostly, uh, Gary Oldman is in it. And I've only ever seen one scene from it, and only ever in GIF form. And that is the scene where he opens up the box finds it empty and starts crying that's a good scene yeah it's used as a reaction image online a lot so um but okay yeah so the poster says the fifth element at the top with uh, bruce willis's name just above that it has a uh girl uh half her face covered in shadows on the left of the poster bruce willis in the center of the poster with more hair than he now has uh and uh, Gary Oldman, uh, the villain, uh, in the right uh, of the poster. And then at the bottom is a, ta a space taxi 
with a bunch of police trailing it uh, on either side. Space police. Space, yes, space police. Um, they could be regular police. And, yeah, then there's, like, some other space stuff. This is actually a really weird poster. It doesn't really tell you much. There are some that tell you even less. Yeah, there are, but... I mean, really of are. this movie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But the other common version of this poster is just their three faces in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so th- this poster is pretty bare bones. Um, I'd like to put most of my chips on these three guys being in it. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that, and I know obviously we're mentioning there's more than one poster, but this one doesn't have Milo Jovovich or Gary Oldman's name on it. It's just yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah. I mean, it's the special edition where he plays all three roles. Yeah, they actually just uh, came out with a version where it's just Bruce Willis. I would pay to see him in Lilu's outfit. Me too. But yeah, this is distinctly uninformative about this movie. Yeah, there's there's not much info here, but like I'm pretty sure it's an action movie, and like I know who the villain is, and I know who the hero is. So I mean, it's a Bruce Willis movie. Yes, which basically tips you off to who's the main. What does the quoted text in the middle say? Uh, this film is primed to explode. This is the ride. With the ride in italics. Yeah. And I think it's actually a quote from some movie reviewer. From Entertainment Weekly. Yes. You know, there are actually a lot more superfluous space cars in this poster than I initially saw. Like, and there's also two trains. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's this poster is weird because, yeah, there's like a train on the left and then they just went like, let's copy paste this and put it on the right as well. It, it's yeah that that's actually exactly what it's they almost <laughs> like some kind of graphic design project that some kid forgot about the night before and he's just like oh yeah take the space space train flip it uh put it on the other side well they did this yeah. they did the same thing with the extra taxis too yeah the extra taxis are all the exact same taxi <laughs> yeah all three of them yeah th- this poster's really lazy fuck oh i love how lazy this is i've never looked at this so in depth they didn't even, like, they wrote one person's name on it, and then took three <laughs> art assets. It's real good. I don't remember this movie well enough. Are there any, like, whooshy buildings in this color? Or is this just something they decided was a neat aesthetic for the DVD cover? There are whooshy buildings. I don't think in that okay. color. The movie is, is very intentionally uh, colorful, though. Because yes. Luc Besson didn't like all the dark... Uh, sci-fi movies at the time speaking of sci-fi movies do you guys think that uh because obviously like kind of like sci-fi and like nerd culture is a lot bigger now but since this came out in the 90s uh maybe the poster was i don't want to say like lying to people but the poster is almost like not giving much information so that maybe people are like oh hey look it's a bruce willis movie not knowing that it's some sci-fi adventure in space I think you might be onto something there. What other, like, really I mean, prominent sci-fi films came out before this one? So here is probably the original poster. The more iconic, potentially, depending on where you're from. And Okay, that does look more spacey. Yeah, but, like... Very spacey. It's just them in space. Oh my god, they copy and pasted the faces off of this. Gary Oldman's facing the different direction. Yeah, this is the same poster. There is equally equal amounts of no information and copy and pasted assets. Yeah, look at those ships. Uh, okay. One of them's different. 
the ships do mean sci-fi more than these cars do. I mean, they're flying cars. Yeah, but still. I think I this poster, though, actually has a tagline. And I like that uh, this, this second poster we're yeah. looking at actually has some, like, stars and stuff. Because I feel like there's too much black in the first poster. Like, it almost feels, again, like, empty in, like, all the way down the middle. I know the setting of, like, where the first poster's background takes place. And it makes sense that there's no stars. Okay. Yeah. And that's all I can kind of say right now. Yeah, no, I kind of like the second poster better. I find it a little bit more informative about what the movie is about, especially because it has a tagline. There are there are now three names on the poster, Gary Oldman, Bruce Willis, and um, Mila Jovovich. We have very similar faces, though reversed order. Bruce Willis still centered. We have Gary Oldman's facing a different direction, but the other two are still facing the same way. It really That's bothers true. me that the right half of Mila Jovovich's face is shrouded in shadow because it really upsets. Like it doesn't, it leans to the left the whole poster. Do you see what I mean? Oh, kind of. Like it should be the other half of her face that's shaded so that it matches Gary well, Oldman's. And the side. lighting isn't consistent. It's the well, it's the. Our left, but the right side of Bruce Willis's face that's in shadow, and the left side of Mila Jovovich's face that's in shadow. Yeah. So what's yeah. going on? Well, with the I mean, yeah. here? it's it. They're the exact same faces that were on the other poster. So I can tell you this is the correct way for Gary Oldman to be facing because his outfit is asymmetrical. So he was flipped on the other poster. Uh, but yeah, I just like there being the idea of there being a correct way that Gary Oldman could be facing. Yeah. Uh. If you look at his head, it's asymmetrical. Like, there's a design element to it. Yep. So, yeah, that's the poster. You've clearly correctly guessed everything about the movie, no doubt. <laughs> uh, You've missed no detail. Nope. Oh, I'm sure I've missed plenty oh. of stuff. What do you think the fifth element is? Um, Some kind of super sci-fi power source? Alright, we'll go with that. Sure. We'll yeah, put like, that in like the that, envelope and seal it until later. Yeah, like, I'm sure I'm wrong, but just based on... The correct I'm... answer is Tim Curry saying, SPICE! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, we'll see you after the film. Lilo Dallas Multipass. Yeah. Multipass. Lilo, uh, multipass, you know this multipass. And we're back. So, what did everyone think? That movie was a lot more, like, in-depth than I remember it being. Uh, how so? I guess from, like, a world-building perspective. Okay, so, like, I definitely thought that he was going to shoot that homing gun more than once. Like, that it would be, like, like a Chekhov's gun kind of thing where they're not just going to show you something to show it, like, they're going to use it. Precisely. I actually had similar feelings a couple times in the movie where... Uh, again, well, it, like, I say similar because you're obviously bringing it up. But yeah, there were a couple t scenes that I thought were a bit gratuitous. But because it was a world that the director had worked on for so long, there were probably things that, to him, were, like, essential to the experience. Whereas, yeah, when we see them, like, killing, like, the, the parasites, like, you know, before the ship takes off, like, that didn't really add anything for me. Yeah, exactly. Like, all it really did was contextualize it for us when, after they arrived, they said, oh, there's parasites in the thing again, but it was actually the priest. But, like, the establishing scene for that would be longer than the, like, 
actual scene they were establishing in that case. Almost, yeah. This could also just be one of those, like, five-hour director's cuts. What did Tepper think? I actually really like this movie. Correct. Fucking finally. <laughs> yes. Unlike the past couple times, yes, I really like this movie. Um, there's a lot of things I like about this movie. Probably the only thing I didn't like about this movie was the one thing that I came in expecting not to like about this movie. Mila Jovovich. Don't like her at all. Why? Um, now, I'm gonna like... I'm probably a little bit biased because I saw her first in the Resident Evil movies. So my conception of, like, my idea of her has always been, like, this trash, blank look, uh, second-rate actress. Uh, in this movie, I still didn't really like her. Uh, I think she plays a pretty good, like, weird foreigner, which is exactly what she's supposed to be in this movie. Yeah, yeah. like, she, she, um... She does her role, but she doesn't do anything beyond that. Like, there's... I don't know. I liked almost every other character more than her. What, you didn't like it when she said multi-pass? Multi-pass. 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 She was, like, alright. Um... But yeah, no, like, the movie itself, I really liked it. One thing I really liked that this director did that uh, stuck out to me is um, setting up multiple factions to arrive at the same place at the same time. Yeah, there were so many moving parts in every scene. They were yeah. really good. Like, and, like, so... And he, and he manages to get such great humor out of it, too. Like, not, not just setting up great, like, climactic moments, but also just, like, really funny, like... Uh, I'm, what was the main character's name again? Uh, Corbin Dallas. Da uh, yeah, but yeah, he's like, I'm Corbin Dallas. I'm also Corbin. Like, when they keep showing up to the teller, uh, claiming that they're, uh, Corbin Dallas was, oh, that was great. Um, same with, like, just, like, small moments, like them getting on the elevator as, uh, Gary Oldman's character walks by. Uh, just... The, oh, yeah, there's just, like, so many great small moments in this movie that I really liked. I was pretty engaged throughout most of it. Um, I'm trying to think of parts that I didn't really like, and I'm coming up pretty empty um, in terms of... Actually, no, there is one part I didn't like. I thought, like, the... I thought the outsider looking at human history... Oh, you got, like, oh, God fuck, that shit is so cheap and played out. Like, the humans are so bad and all they do is destroy and, like, look at our history, all we do is destroy, and it's like, fuck, I'm so fed up with that. And it really seems like nuclear bomb and Nazi would definitely have come up. Yeah. Like, already. No, those start with W's. Yeah, the silent W's at the beginning of all those words. Yeah. And... Well, like, and it's just, it was just done in such a cheap way. Like, I've seen it done before in other movies and TV shows. And, like, they could have conceptualized it in this movie in such a better way as well. Because, like, and it's especially, like, kind of, like, hypocritical coming from her, especially. Like, hello, miss, I'm gonna punch through unbreakable glass. She's specifically uh, designed her... to protect. Like, that was what she was built for. Yeah, it's just like, and she was protecting that guy from his liver. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like most of 
like a whole chunk of her scenes are just her fighting people and it then she wants to turn around and lecture you all you guys do is destroy it's like i don't think she ever kills anyone though yeah other than that guy in his liver (laughs) no he's still alive he gets put into a free fridge and then later out of the fridge somehow unexplained oh yeah true but i mean like even beyond her hypocrisy like she could have like there's so many actions throughout the movie that she could have pointed to if she wanted to like be like man all you guys do is destroy and then the other alien race which is even worse that's trying to like kill them like it's not just like humans are this sole like warmongering race in the universe like oh that that shit just bugged the fucking hell out of me like well ugh. she wasn't complaining about humans she was complaining about life and also she only really had one fight scene and it was in self-defense Mm. Yeah, she like had that, two. She really didn't go around punching. She, I well, I wouldn't I wouldn't guy. call punching the general a fight scene. Yeah, I I don't know. Okay, I just fair. didn't like it at all. Like I just thought it was really cheap. And was... did you have anything better written when you were sixteen? <laughs> the thing is, that's not an excuse. Like, good good for you. You wrote it when you were sixteen. Guess what? You're directing it when you're like thirty plus. Like fuck yeah no i that was that was probably the one scene that i disliked the most in the uh in the whole movie so i have a question like about the lore here um so like every 5000 year cycle does she start from scratch or is it just because she was cellularly reconstituted from her DNA that she has none of her past experiences? Because that context really provides a lot. She has all of her past experiences. Her past experiences were 5,000 years ago. That's why she was catching up on the last 5,000 years. Yeah, when she's in that case thing, I think she's, like, asleep. Right, right, right. But, like, it seems to me, like, 5,000 years ago... There was also war. Yeah, but who would have told her about it? I mean, like lots of people. Like five thousand years, like five thousand years ago is in the middle of you know the Romans, right? And if they just woke her up, told her to go blast her laser mouth beam, and then put her back to sleep. Yeah, I mean that's evidently what they did do. Okay, so follow me here. Follow me here. Let's just be conservative and say that there has been something approximating human conflict for the last 20,000 years. That means that she's had, like, four shots at learning that, like, humans hit each other with sticks once in a while. I'm just surprised that it was today that she learned that this was a problem. The internet only existed this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, they, she would not have been able to gain anywhere near as much knowledge any previous time this has occurred i I don't know i'm with spencer on this one like she had plenty of shots to realize that it's kind of human nature and living people to kill other people like i don't know why it came as such a surprise to her if your life is being is being in a box and then that box is opened for a minute every five thousand years you don't have that much time to learn okay either that or why was she not stricken by the fact that nothing that she experienced after waking up was anything but conflict. Like, she was literally attacked 24 hours a day from the moment she woke up. That's just the Bruce Willis effect. Like, just standing close to him? 
but yeah, like yeah. she was, she, she was getting attacked. Like she saw plenty of violence. Like, I don't know why this came as such a huge surprise to her. Like, Hey, people kill other people. <gasps> Maybe she was like, they're all only violent towards me and that's okay. But then when she realized they were violent towards each other, she's like, Oh fuck, I can't save everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I'm, I, I don't like that aspect of it at all. Well, I, it seems like we can't really reconcile that part of the movie, so should we move on? <laughs> just because uh, I don't want us to get, I just don't want us to get stuck on, like, the one, like, maybe yeah, negative no, I... some of us had. Because, honestly, I was pleasantly surprised by the uh, special effects and the, um, and the costumes. Like, they really held yeah. up. You yeah, could tell good. that they were a little dated, but considering the movie's, what, like, more than 20, it's about 20 years old, isn't it? Like... They were good, good effects. Oh yeah, no, uh, there's only like once or twice where I noticed the effects weren't, uh, like looked really dated. Like the rest of it fit within the style of the film. Even some of the CGI, like heavy scenes were really well done still. Like they were understated enough. Like the set, like, like when they were rebuilding her. Yeah. The rebuilding scene I thought was like worked like with how they kind of demonstrated it. Yeah, it was really well done. Such a pretty scene. Man, this mo- this was supposed to originally be a trilogy. Where do you go after this? Well, no, that's well, the thing. No, it was it was condensed into a single movie. Okay. Yeah, that actually really makes sense watching that movie because if you think about it from the perspective of like why are some of these needless scenes here? The answer is there was left of a three movie arc. I go like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It, like. If we were watching Star Wars, it would make sense that we spend, you know, 60 seconds watching them clean the little gribble things out of the air vents with a flamethrower. So they can sell you them. It's just part of the world. Um, yeah, like, I would say, like, other than that one scene, like, in terms of complaints I would have, is actually, like, just not enough of certain things. Like, I almost want, like, more, especially more of the villain. There was uh, more Gary Oldman, please. Um, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, I would have kind of liked a face-to-face confrontation between him and Bruce Willis. See, I actually thought that was kind of interesting, though, that the the main villain and the hero never... Like, they know each other exist, and they know they're kind of acting against each other. But I kind of liked that they never had a direct conflict. Bruce Willis just would have shot him. Bruce Willis didn't even know he existed. Well, he works for his company. He knows he is a person in the universe. He did not know he had a single piece in this entire endeavor. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Like, no one ever was just like, by the way, your old boss is trying to get these stones also. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, now that you mentioned it, Jeff, like, yeah, like, that is actually interesting where, yeah, like, the t- the villain and the hero don't meet. Uh, So, like... In that sense, I would just say, like, more Gary Oldman in general. Like, he was... He was great. He's no uh, Komodo, but he was really good. Yeah, like, he was he was approaching Komodo's level there. Uh, he just needed, like, fancier chairs. And uh, lipstick. Yes, lots more lipstick. So, yeah, like, just, just, like, more of it in general would have been kind of, kind of nice. But, um... Yeah, I really liked the movie. Like, it was nice, like, uh, uh, expanding on, like, what Jeff was talking about. Like, the, the sets were all nice, like, the locations. Like, there was nothing, like, there was plenty. And, and it was a colorful movie, too. Like, it wasn't, like, dark and gray and 
uh, grim. Um, it had those moments, but it also had like a lot of a lot of cool moments, uh, like with uh, more color. As much as the movie was colorful, and I know that's a thing that I had heard that the director didn't want to do, like he wanted to show that sci-fi could be like fun and funny. Uh, but there's just a few places like Corbin's apartment where like, it's kind of weird to me that it's all like that one, like beige color. Well, I think it's supposed to show that he like lives in a shithole. Yeah. That, yeah, that was the and, sense and I got true, from too. But it, they could make it a slightly more colorful shithole other than the no, two No, I think the whole idea is that it's like standard issue. Like they, they're yeah, probably yeah. just like printed plastic tubes that they install for these people. All right. Well, that was a, that was a short aside. I actually wanted to get to um, since uh, since Ivan brought it up. Um, where do we think if it was going to be three movies? Where do you think it would? Obviously, there would have to be more. But where do you think it would break it? Like, what's Act One, Two, and Three? Like, because is the ship the whole third act? Like, because the first act would obviously be there's there's quite a bit of setup scenes. Like they show the military fighting the evil thing. Uh, they show the past, they show Lilu getting made, and they show Corbin, you know, kind of waking up and going to work. Probably, like, up to the point where he accepts the mission, I would guess. That's yeah, basically, like, le- leaving planet is, is act one. I think that you would put the scene at the airport early in film two. So, like, film yeah. one would end with him, like, getting the ticket and accepting the mission. And yeah, like... well, it'd be the it'd be the whole hotel thing would be the second movie, and then there would just have to be a lot more in between two, like, that is part of three than just arriving at Egypt. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking, too, is, like, the, the ship could easily be two movies, but it's kind of, then you have, like, almost two bottle episodes. Yeah. yeah where, like, everything's in the same setting, and that kind of makes movies feel stale, so yeah. most movies avoid that. Yeah, I agree with that. Which would have also given a lot more opportunity for a better development of 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 the anti-war complex than just, we have two hours to kill before we get to Earth. Here's a DVD of all of our war crimes. Just gotta keep the kids busy on the road trip. <laughs> yeah, couldn't they have given her an iPad with some games on it? I really like this piece of trivia I just read. That Gary Oldman played Zorg as a cross between the then presidential candidate Ross Perot and Bugs Bunny. I like it. Yeah, it's real good. I definitely like that. Yeah, like he, Oldman changes his mannerisms every character. Like he definitely is a one of the I would say like better actors generally out there. It's just kind of weird sometimes, like trying to think back. Like unless I was put scenes on again for myself. Like I'm sure I could go on YouTube and just search. Zorg from Fifth Element. But, like, uh, what did he have? He had, like, the southern accent. Obviously, his appearance is quite outlandish, but I'm just trying to think of more of, like, his his acting. Because, yeah, I can definitely see, especially because Mila Jovovich did not have many English lines until, like, closer to the very end of the movie. I can see why some people would be, like, even if you thought her performance was good, there wasn't, like, a whole... Like, she was definitely emotional at times, but, like, there wasn't really a lot of depth to uh to the performance i guess despite the fact that she's very important as a character she's not very important to the movie yeah and that's That's kind of my issue there uh i i just meant it like um 
and again, like, it's not like this was a drama where there was a huge wide range of emotions. Like, we see the the best happy times and the, the worst times when she discovers humans, yeah, like, to kill each other. But, like, yeah, because, like, she cried and she, like, was freaked out when they first, I, I don't know if I should say woke her up or made her. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like she played, yeah, like, the bewildered person pretty well but yeah i can agree with some earlier points that there wasn't much past that but i don't think there was much room for her to act around that also so this military really needs like diplomacy lessons oh yeah like (laughs) well my policy is shoot first ask questions later and then like let's go like mock this thing that we just made that's in a in a glass case like that sounds like a great fucking idea there's a reason that the pig people have been almost eradicated from the... What are they, a republic? The Federation or something? Federation. 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 United Federation. Also, yeah, like, that general in, like, the first scene, or early on in the movie, like, the president told him to stand down, right? Yep. Like, you can't just yeah. disobey the, the head yeah. of your government. He's like, like, that's what I was going to say. Like, the president was like, hey, maybe, you know, he's like, I have doubts. And he's like, I don't, Mr. President. Presses the fire button. It's like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> and then he stands there like a, like a fucking idiot as this thing, as this planet comes and uh, kills him. It's just giant space fire skull. It It's fine. By the time they get back. From from how far they are out, uh, traveling near light speed, the current president will be will be long dead. No one will remember his war crimes. <laughs> um, like also, I kind of w- like would have liked a bigger explanation on like the planet. Like why why does it want to exterminate life? How did because it get in contact with Zorg? Like it's it absorbed the satellites. Or do you mean before then? Because I don't know. Uh, That's no, a no, I... super good point. How the heck did it contact him before? It I know its name is Mister Shadow, and it absorbs satellites. Yeah, because because like judging by the call, it was like he had contacted Zork earlier, like way earlier. So it was like, okay, when did he do that? Um, he used his what horoscope. is this? Like the, like this things like this things deal is the extermination of life, but like why? Because it's what, just because evil. It, yeah, it's it's evil. Given planet. Okay. I think every 5,000 years is just when it's given form, and it sort of exists vaguely otherwise. Yeah, I think I would have liked it like, if they were like, a little bit more like, no, this is actually just evil given form. I mean, uh, I don't know what I, it was. What I was thinking is, is that like what they call it, or is it the actual concept of evil? Because like, sometimes movies blur those lines, where sometimes it's like, oh, he is pure evil, even though like the guy has like some motivation or another for doing the evil that he does. My understanding is he is a con- the concept of evil, given a form. Yeah, see, and I just would have liked that to be, like, a little more explicit in the movie, but, like, that's cool. Also, great name, Mr. Shadow. Mr. Shadow. Love it. I love I her mean, feather wig, and just how she's always doing her nails. Yeah, I mean, if he is, if it's not actually the embodiment of evil, it's at the very least the embodiment of destruction. Like, it's yeah. definitely a, co- a concept given form and not one that plays nice with life uh so i'm interested always interested in talking about some of the technical stuff but i'm trying to remember like any scenes where like the music stuck out to me or there was like a cool shot Um, the entire opera scene and uh, well exactly that's the only thing i can really (laughs) bring up for music like they i don't really remember them playing much music 
But obviously in most movies, you're supposed to be paying attention more visually than if there's like a song playing during the chase scene. So I don't really remember much music other than the opera scene. Yeah, there were like a couple tracks. I, I'm i just having trouble. Like I was focusing more on like the movie itself. So I can't remember the exact scenes where they played. But like I thought like the soundtrack was pretty, pretty decent. There was a neat little song when they like first enter the airport. I always remember that song, and I don't know what genre I would say it is, but it always gets me kind of excited. Space human music. Human music. Uh, so then, yeah, like any kind of camera angles or shots that stuck out to people. Like, again, there were some good practical effects. Like, there was the the big explosion on the ship, I think, you know, yeah. like in the ship's lobby. That was yeah. the lar- That was the largest indoor explosion ever filmed at the time. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw something about it almost got out of control. Like, there's a fire afterwards, yeah. and it took them, like, yeah. 20 minutes to put it out. Holy crap. Whoops. Yeah, like, there weren't, like, any huge, huge ones, but just, like, a like a couple small ones that, when I saw them, I thought were, were pretty good. Um... <laughs> Uh, the the uh, counter for getting onto the cruise just every time a different group came up as Corbin Dallas. Those are all very good. And when the uh regist the uh what do you call that? The ticket person just like nopes out. Yeah, she's like, Alright, boarding's done. I'm my job's done, I'm leaving. We are closed. And just gets sucked into the floor. So one thing I, I will say that and again, maybe they just did this at the time because, again, practical effects or special effects weren't as good as they are now. But it was kind of weird to me that a lot of, like, the sights on guns and, like, in ships that were supposed to be, like, you know, uh, hologram sights, like holographic sights or um, whatever, they were just, like, clear plastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just one of those things that kind of broke my immersion and not completely like broke it but just kind of you know tested my immersion i guess you'd say and just like that just looks like you took some you know clear plastic you you bent it into a shape and you drew a target on it actually in addition to that there were so many there were so many times where you'd see there was such variety in how impressive the technology looked but then you would see a screen that just showed pixelated green lines yeah, like some of the um, the graphics when they sh- when they were shooting at the big evil ball at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it was just yeah. like pixels. Or when it was like reconstructing uh, Lilu, just like. Well, yeah, the government never updates their technology for stuff like that. Yeah, just the monitors are still from the 1960s. But like that's actually the case currently. We have a lot of really good technology and a lot of like our the monitors and stuff for that sort of thing would still look like that or just be text. So was orange just like the in color that year? Like Corbin was wearing like an orange Everywhere. shirt at one point. Lilu had orange hair and the orange like suspenders. If you want to call just, those suspenders. I was just thinking of like, oh, not, not the, um, it's a vest, <laughs> not the first outfit where yeah, she's wearing like strips of cloth, but like when, when her and Corbin like the, go the rubber the thing. Yeah, yeah. The weird rubber thing. It's like, a, it's a vest. Okay. Vest suspenders. We'll work out what it is. Uh, but like, yeah, I kind of like, it's always weird. Cause it's kind of like the Futurama problem. Where, haha, yes, very funny joke, everything in the year 3000 is the year 2000, but, like, with some future rings on it. 
But I kind of like that since this movie's only like what, like twenty two fifty or somewhere around there. Apparently like, twenty two sixty three, which I just read. It it was kind of like I really liked the design of like his cab. Like I liked that some of like like the police cars in his cab were like really bulky. Like it was kind of weird because yeah, like some of like the guns and stuff, like the gun like the the druggy comes to his house with, and the gun that uh, Zorg is selling in the first couple scenes. Like, there's all these bells and whistles on them. Like, I kind of like that, you know, this wasn't a future where everything is slim and trimmed down. Like, it was kind of like they just kept tacking new gadgets onto things. Yeah, those guns were uh, feature-creeped pretty hard. Like, there were so many things that, like, especially the one he wanted to give to those guys had. Like, they had, like, a self-destruct, flamethrower, ice thrower, net thrower... Uh, poison dart thrower, um, explosive poison darts. Yes, yes, sorry, explosive poison darts. So yeah, like definitely one of the things that could have been done in the third movie is he could have gone into the ship and like shot all those things on that gun, rather than just shooting them in in the demo range and then never showing us them again. I mean, he shot the gun two other times. He just didn't need the uh, the other bells and whistles. Yeah, neato. He knows what he needs. And it's a normal gun is what he needs. Yeah. Like, when I was talking about set pieces, yeah, there's kind of a lot of unused Chekhov's guns in this movie, it feels like. Like, and I don't necessarily say, I don't think it's like, oh, every five minutes they're throwing away, like, another plot piece. Like, again, this isn't Star Wars where they're trying to make money off of merchandise. But, like, at the same time, there was a... And again, too, I guess some of it, too, like, with Ruby Rod... Uh, like having a costume change and some other stuff that could just be like, well, that's what his character is supposed to do. Yeah, I wonder. It'd be interesting to see some of like the concept art I think for this movie because even just like yeah, some of like the characters' outfits are and like yeah, the weapon designs, the ship designs. It'd be interesting to see because it was just kind of like current technology, but flying. <laughs> But then the fashion was kind of, like, the most... In- like, I just think it was so... Like, almost every character we see had something very different than uh, if you just went to the mall today and pe- people watched. Yeah, there was lots of variety. Man, yeah, Zorg's, Zorg's like, uniform for his for his cronies at the beginning. Oh, God, the black turtlenecks and the purple plastic caps. I love it so much. They all match. And, like, the tight black booty shirts that they were wearing. <laughs> yes! Like, Zorg, Zorg has a fetish. He knows what it is, and he accepts it. That's what makes him a great villain, so yes. to, Komodo, to Komodo. So, since we're kind of on the fashion topic, if you could have any, like, outfit or prop from this movie, since I know we've done this kind of uh, discussion before, what do you think you would want? Thermal bandages. <laughs> I was going to say the, the suspenders, question mark? The suspender vest. Suspender vest. Um... The space druggies, uh, doorway or hallway hat. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I was actually um, they only show it once or twice, but that little pet that Zorg has, like that uh, hairless elephant, small. Oh elephant thing. yeah, yeah, the thing that's in the box. I think it was kind of cute. Yeah, I like that. Um, uh, I, I, that Corbin had a cat. Obviously, again, it's not really a plot point, but you know, just the beginning of the movie, cats hanging around his apartment. Oh, I really want that Chinese food boat. Can I change my answer to yeah. the Chinese food boat? That's such a good fucking vehicle. That guy was, like, so wholesome, too. Like, what a good <laughs> character. 
Just yeah. like, ah, oh, man, like, it's just karma. Like, don't worry, it'll work out for you. Gets a letter that he's fired. Just like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was good, yeah. A lot of the minor characters in this movie were well done. Like, obviously, I I don't really like Ruby Rod, because I find that, that kind of grating. But, like, a lot of the other, like, minor villains, like, yeah, the people who were trying to get through the airport, uh, they weren't just, like, they were kind of gag characters, but they still, like, actually did their jobs for the most part. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the minor characters were, were a lot of fun in this movie. Um, I thought, like, initially I was a little put off by uh, Rod, but he kind of grew on me. Uh, the the Rod grew on me. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. definitely, like, makes a part of the world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tepper, how do you feel about us not being small children going on an adventure in a fantasy world? Thank fucking god. Oh my Oh so many movies in a row with fantasy worlds and children. I hate children. <laughs> this is well known. So it is nice to have a sci fi action movie. Wholesome cheesy action flick. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's nice to have that. Once I mean in a if while. you think about it. The Egyptian children from 1914 went on a went to a fantasy world of 2263. I mean, I don't think that they lived that long. I think yeah, they yeah. actually like died that day. No, no, no. They they were fine. This was their fantasy world where they woke up as Bruce Willis. No, <laughs> just no. <laughs> we did briefly get a business dad at the beginning of the movie, though. <laughs> Uh, Ar- archaeological business dad. Yeah, he was cool, and then they killed him. And it's like, alright. The professor! It wasn't clear if he died or just fainted. Yeah, that's true. That was that was a pretty good opening for this movie, though, I thought, as well. It was, like, setting it all the way back in, yeah, like, 1914, and then... Aliens. Also, so they could have... so. In the beginning, it's 1914, and then they say, we'll return in 300 years. The movie apparently takes place in 2263. That is 49 years off from from when they said they'd be back. Yeah, they rounded from 50. (laughs) Maybe evil likes to take a nap. Less than 50, it goes down. It's it's more of like a, a ballpark. Yeah, but they know the exact date and are telling people to wait for them. They're being dicks. I mean, like, at the end of the day, the people they told probably won't be around to tell people about it, so. And, and I mean, like, it doesn't sound really good to be like, we'll be back in, like, 300-ish years, give or take, like, 10 or 20. You don't, you don't sound as, like, important if you do that. Yeah, but that's why, as the person creating the universe, you usually just be like, and this took place exactly 300 years before this moment. But not this one. This one's more realistic than that. Maybe they just work on a, like a different, like time. Oh man, that would be so irritating. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, it was three hundred years for us. What are you talking about? So yeah, since we're kind of on the topic of those aliens, and I don't want to call it a religion. Um, yeah, why did the president like listen to the priest at the beginning of the movie? And again, we kind of I think got into this when we were watching it. Um, that like he he must have some amount of political sway, but it 
the only like follower of his that they showed was like his son or just like, yeah, his but apprentice. He is like he is he has a title. He's like studied on all like like all. He's the expert of like of supernatural phenomenon or something like that. Well, like he's it's he's studied on like all theology from like various races. Like he's very well versed. And by doing that, also is following the right religion. Okay, just it is, yeah. a, it is a religion. It was just one of those things where, like, I didn't pick up all the details, so I was kind of like, there must be, like, they must have, ex- yeah, tried to explain it at some point that I just uh, kind of glossed over. The real weird thing in that scene is that here is a committee of people in front of the president to talk about this big thing in the in the sky. But also everyone in the room is going to hear the military strategy happening, like, live. Like, welcome, we're going to discuss what to do to this thing. And then you just hear the general shooting at it. Pew pew. That's not usually the kind of thing you get invited to when you're not part of the military cabinet. Maybe they forgot to use push to talk, so the military just had their mics hot the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the president was supposed to have them on like another phone line but he just like left it on speaker it was a busy day the embodiment of destruction just formed and he had a meeting in 30 minutes <laughs> oh so the actor who played the McDonald's cop is named Mac McDonald that's nice. pretty good but yeah um yeah, it's a wonderfully crafted world, as it would tend to be if it had been, like, being written about for 20-something years. He did a very good job in the in that regard. That actually, that, that uh, made me think of something. Just, if we were comparing this to other movies that are, like, fantasy or sci-fi that have, like, their own universe, I think this did a really good job for one movie. But obviously, like, if we look at something like uh, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or, well, obviously if I'm going to a TV show, I can say Star Trek. But, like, those obviously spent multiple movies or years establishing their worlds. So I think this movie did a really good job in the, the two hours it had. I'm just curious if you guys think there are other, like, movies or shows we could compare it to. And I don't necessarily mean, like, oh, they had similar technology, but, like, similar actual, like, strength of world building. I definitely see Beyond Good and Evil, definitely, I would imagine, took a lot of inspiration from this movie. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that's, that's a cool as soon point. As, it's, especially when the, when the uh, food boat shows up, you're just like, no, that is just very something you would see in that world. Plus that world's mostly humans and pig people, which is to say one pig person. Humans and pig people. Yep. Tastes like pig talk like people so there were there were multiple alien races but we only saw yeah there were like all the pig people who can like shapeshift and then there was the one blue person Plava Laguna yeah it's not too clear if that's a thing that pig people can do or if that's just a piece of technology they have not 100% sure but it's definitely something they need to do so it seems like Zorg is not just a weapons dealer if he owned the cab company. Uh, yeah, no, he is He so, is the businessman. He is Walmart. Yeah, I guess so. yeah he, that's what I was about to say. Is like I guess he's the, 
he just owns half of everything in that movie. That's why he wants to be paid three times as much by Mr. Shadow. Whatever his original price may have been. We have no concept of how much the other, worth anyways. The other half of his haircut. Ayo! Alright, I think it's time for Tepper's Tops. Tops, tops. Alright. One day we'll have a theme song. Alright. Where does this movie fall? Hmm. I... I think it will go number one. Number mm. what? I'm not sure. Can I get like a refresher on what's what's the state of sure. the list right now? Sure. Uh, number one is Back to the Future. Number two is Jumanji. Number three is Karate Kid. Number four is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We don't really have to go past that. Yeah. The yeah. rest of the list will just fall down. We know that much. Yeah. If yeah, if it was my list, I would probably put it at number two. Like, I, I don't think it's a better movie than yeah. Back to the Future, but it's hey, still a don't, really... What? Don't taint his opinions. Yeah. I'm giving my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. That could taint it, though. No, no, but like... Jeff's line of thought is basically the exact same line of thought I'm having right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I figured. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was sitting up just like, Tepper's probably going to put it like second or third. I don't know which. Yeah, that's... Yep. Yeah, I'm probably going to put it... Because, yeah, I'm just thinking back to when we watched Back to the Future, how much I enjoyed that. Um, there are There's less thirsty moms in this movie. Which is like our huge negative. Needs more thirst. Although, Bruce Willis was pretty thirsty. Um, Not as thirsty as that cop who spilled both of his pops on himself. <laughs> um, yeah, well, th this one is actually hard because I'm not sure where in the top three I want to put it. You know what? I'm going to put it number two for now, but I need to think on it more. You reserve the right to change your opinion in the future. Yes, yes. Like what happened with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Rockadoodle especially, so... And we might give you that in the future. Yeah, so, um, I might revisit, well, like, next time when we revisit the list, uh, that might change. But for now, I'm gonna stick it at number two. Yep, that's uh, very fair. Yeah, uh, Zorg, um, I find this is pretty easy. Number Put him in two. number two. Yep. <laughs> he is just a very slightly worse Komodo, but only yeah. like slightly. Only slightly. I think the main thing that makes him a worse Komodo is just the fact of the quality of the movie he was in versus the quality of the movie that that Komodo was in. Yeah. That, also, that's like it. Komodo has insecurities about like what colors he looks good in, wears lipstick. He's a real person. <laughs> also that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, so villain was pretty easy. Um, we've got, like, Archaeology Dad for this one, but... Where does Archaeology yep. Dad go? Um, hmm, so worst is a Orange and Egg Dad. Um, Orange and Egg Dad's gonna be there forever, like, he's gonna oh, be number one. Forever. Forever. Yeah, it'd be really hard to beat Orange and Egg Dad. Um, I'm probably gonna put him... He did just, he told his fake son to just, to hold light up for him forever. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm going to put him below anti-business dad, but above lady business dad. All right. Not that high quality of a business dad, apparently. Well, like, he was passionate about his work, but he wasn't, like, a dick about it. I mean, he he employed children. And, like, to hold a thing, like, that's not really... I don't know. No, it, I, I don't fair. think he was up. Yeah, so... I, and then, I guess, is... I guess Lilu is our child who goes in, who will eventually go into our Hunger Games Thunderdome. Uh, does it have to be she, child she, for the? I mean, they have been children. Yeah, and just... she, she's only two years old. She's only time. like two days old. Two days. Yeah, yeah but they've shown she can punch through indestructible glass. Like, hey. is, is that really fair to the kids? Hey, our other option is Corbin Dallas. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and like, typically, typically, whoever goes in is. A child or the lesser main character. Yeah. Some, ex- some exclusions. So I think it's just probably Lilu. Yeah, Lilu seems like a solid. She's gonna have a fun time with uh, Carrie, Charles, and Paul. Yeah, because I can't think of anybody else we would put in there. Like, we could put in Ruby Rod, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> we'll just put in their entire their entire D&D party. Yeah, I'd say, like, yeah, put, like, Lilu slash, like, uh, Ruby Rod. Because when we actually do it, we might, we might change it. Alright. Exciting stuff. We're halfway-ish to our next Hunger Games. Yes. Alright. And the, and there's Tepper's Tops. Hell yeah. Uh, so, like, anybody else got anything, really, they want to talk about regarding this movie? I think we touched on everything I wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Yeah, probably my last fun note is it is funny how they turned into like a like all our commentary on them being a D and D party, the cleric, the fighter, and the bard. Yeah, they did a very uh, typical thing. It was very good. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's always fun to apply that type of analysis to like a movie of like how like if this movie was a D and D campaign, how uh, how to work. All right, fashion game on point. That's that's the last thing I got to say. All right, and with that, I suppose we'll just rate the movie. Connor, uh, I give it four stones out of that lady's stomach. Spencer, um, I give it. Well, well I give it uh, four multi passes out of five. Jeff. Man, you guys are stealing all the good bits. Uh, <laughs> I give it every single strike on Corbin's taxi record. Tepper? Uh, three frozen soldiers in the freezer uh, out of three. All right. I'd give it four high filter cigarettes a day trying to quit. To quit is my goal. Uh, with that... I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Connor. I'm Spencer. I have been Jeff. And I'm Tepper. And you can find us all on downloadablezebras.com. We have links to our other activities, such as Twitter and streams. And I'd like to give a special thanks to 8 Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube or follow the link in the description. 